Hello, hello. Welcome to the first and only episode of The Scarlet Bees, where we're looking to get at least a B on this podcast final project for race, sex, and Jamestown. At least a B. Uh, Currently, we are looking to try to find a quiet classroom. There's plenty of floors available. Uh, But yeah, otherwise, we are just looking around. We will commune in a minute. One of our members, Timothy Chalamet, has found a... (laughs) uh, He's saying Chalamet, but I assume that's Chalamet. Because every, you know, every podcast, everyone's always got their liquor of choice or like cocktail of the week or something. I still legit want you to prank Franzia. (laughs) Box wine, slap the bag. Okay. Oh man, I wish I had some water. Uh, This is Cameron Conroy. Uh, We're trying to start our first little segment of the Scarlet B minuses. So today's topic is on religion. Today's only topic will be religion. Uh, I think the only topic of this podcast ever will be religion. I mean, in a future podcast, we could totally do adultery, given the name. Oh, this card. (laughs) Yikes. Uh, uh, Today we're trying to think about and try to frame a bit of religion in Jamestown, as that was the focus of our class. (laughs) Uh, we each, prior to this podcast, took a little bit of time and tried to find a focal point that we can talk about. Uh, I tried to go a bit on the utility of religion, while Timothy tried to. Uh, this is Timothy. Hello. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, the church culture of um, the Anglican, the Church of England um, in colonial America. Uh, I'll just be talking a little bit about I won't give it away. But that's kind of what I'm going to be talking about. Mystery. <laughs> um, I'm Mallory. I'm going to be speaking on feminism and how it was affected by religion. That's it. In a nutshell, you'll hear me jump in occasionally. Oops. Hi, I am Peter, and I wanted to talk today about um, the line between civil authority and religious authority. Nice. Um, I feel like there were often blurred lines in between two and how they prioritized two different ones. I kind of want to delve a little bit deeper into that and see what you guys thought. So, nice. Can you, yeah, can you just the entire rest of the time? Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. so we're going to try to keep it running yeah. through the rest of this. Sweet. Yeah, as Timothy was saying, um, going over Peter's topic. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, the, the topic of civic and spiritual authority in the church. Um, in colonial America, mostly coming from the Church of England, uh, it's just like really fascinating to try to understand the ways mm-hmm. that civic authority and spiritual authority overlapped. Um, that's something the uh, the document we read in class uh, release us out of this cruel bondage. Uh, an appeal from Virginia in 1723, uh, I think, is a really, really, really interesting. Um, I think it's a great starting point, uh, a good document to start mm-hmm. exploring what, um, like how slaves were interacting with their spiritual authorities and their civic authorities. Um, 
is sort of in the same the same space. I mean, mm-hmm. they're addressing a bishop, right. but it's but it's um, they're addressing a bishop with a civic issue, mm-hmm. uh, and that was like not at all an absurd thing. That was very normal. There is quite a bit of subtext there too that kind of frames like how how the religion is well how a lot of like kind of the doctrine i guess the word is i'm looking for mm-hmm. has kind of been framed as we're seeing a first person educated by oh, religion and yeah. then how they're then talking about it in Absolutely. front of it the way that mm-hmm. the, the way that people are formed and educated in this mm-hmm. rel- i mean at the time um this the 18th century church of england was a really like um, I mean, and actually, even all the way up through today, if you go to any church that's an Anglican communion church, as so the Episcopal Church, or right. uh, if you go to um, whatever, uh, all of those traditions are very head, like heady, very mm-hmm. um, cognitive-oriented spiritual experiences, and um, it's definitely educational. There's like, a, and particularly at that time, it was uh, a very much a, a an academic sort of mm-hmm. faith so you would definitely participating in the worship of an of an anglican church in the 18th century you were going to you're going to be exposed to a lot of political um, mm-hmm. ideology you'd be exposed to a lot of um a lot of i, I mean I, there'd be a lot of economic um there'd be a lot of like financial weight in a parish right. um and uh Someone, someone worshiping in a Church of England parish is going to naturally just be educated. If that's their worshiping community, they're going to be... Um, you're breathing... Yeah, it's really naturally. natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, naturally. You're just breathing in right. higher education, sort of. It's like, that's... There's really that no concerted the, effort. It's just... It's because of exactly. It comes to you. Exactly. And it is... A, in, in some ways, I would argue, actually, it is a concerted effort. It's a... This is sort of um, what I get really excited about as a, like, a, I'm a Christian, I'm right. an Episcopalian, so this church, the Church of England, is actually my tradition, um, and uh, I'm super excited about just that, con- the, the idea of liturgy, where um, the, the word liturgy comes from a Greek word, um, I'm going to butcher it, but it's like lit- liturgia, or something like that, and it, and it literally means the work of the people. And um, it's this concept that every weekend or every, I mean, it's not even just a weekend, but every day and every, um, every action that we take is a liturgical action. And um, as a community to come together every weekend um, and work, um, do the work of the people um, together, the, the doctrine that you were kind of, that um, mm-hmm. Cam was mentioning earlier, these, the, the, politics uh, and the social norms and everything that everyone was interacting with um, is sort of put on it's sort of like put on pause but it's also magnified in the the worship space because suddenly every action um, is elevated to the spiritual level where um, every I mean, if you go to a Church of England or a Catholic, um, either one, or, or an Orthodox, I mean, if, if you go to some of these higher, quote-unquote, it's like called high church traditions where things are very, very ritualistic, you, you'll you see, you won't always catch every little detail of the liturgical work of the people, all of these things that are happening, but every 
um, everything from the the timing of like a bell being rung or right. the uh, the person chosen to do a reading of a scripture or right. to do mm-hmm. um, so everything revolves around that everything everything says something about God right. and says something about how they understand divinity to exist and um, how they understand divinity to be worked out right. by the people so in that. It is a concerted effort, and that's yeah. where, that's where my okay. Yeah, it's totally a concerted right. effort because everyone comes together and intentionally puts themselves right. into this space okay. and engages in it. It's like every individual decides whether they're like going to participate in kneeling right. for a confession, where um, and and whether or not I, I mean the the congregation agency per- agency. <laughs> we got yeah. I mean the, the paper that we just yeah, wrote. Totally I haven't finished mine yet. Yeah. Oh, oh, yikes. Uh, <laughs> Put that in the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I still got till midnight. <laughs> that's Yeah, that's true. I'm actually really proud of that paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. I like that. Uh, um, I actually wanted to ask, how yeah. much of a concerted effort do you really feel that people in that time were actually making to be part of the church? Sorry, guys, I would say more than oh. today, 100%. Yeah. yeah. That's For a sure. great question. Did you ask in the, just before, I want to interject before you answer. I think in, in when, I, when I made the concerted effort comment, I, I made it in that they didn't mind doing it. So oh, yeah. It, they, it took no effort for them, themselves individually, really just to say, okay, I want to do this. Sure. So in, in the action of everyone contributing, as like the bell ring at a certain time and sure. you know, certain people saying things, that is definitely an effort, but I think that comes effortless to them, is what I was kind of saying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because absolutely. they want to do that, and they want to contribute that way. Yeah. So, I think there was actually there was just a little misunderstanding, but I'm glad you brought totally. that other side up. No, that's a, awesome. I love, yeah. because I think you're absolutely right about that. What, but what was... I guess I was wondering, I like, the different um, levels of society, and how into religion they actually were. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, I, I, religion at the time would have been um, sort of like Peter just said, uh, effortless. You engaged in it mm-hmm. just because you did. Um, I don't think... It was it your was, understanding of the world. Yeah, it was, such a, it was such an important understanding of the world. Um, you... Much of... I mean, it... I don't know how... I never know like how much weight to put behind the idea that like America was actually founded on religious freedom or not, mm-hmm. um, but it was at least a really really important aspect of co- of the colonial right. movement is um, religious freedom and religious diversity, and so um, faith at the time was still kind of an effortless, almost incidental. You just participated mm-hmm. participated in it because uh, I mean there wasn't really. There was Much a rise less. of theism, mm-hmm. um, but there really wasn't a strong atheistic movement that would no. say that there was really any option no. other than mm-hmm. to worship. I guess I was wondering, yeah. like, the different ways that different people in society would have liked to say the Quakers versus mm-hmm. the Anglican Christians mm-hmm. and everything, and also, like, sure. the way that the natives... Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. When, I, when you get into the whole, like, baptism of Pocahontas Oh, my and God. Like that's that. a whole... Fucking can of worms yeah. that is like, <laughs> but um, it relates. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I'm thinking. Um, so, you want to rephrase? Can you give me one question? Like, no, I mean, it's a very abstract yeah. question. There, I, because I, are you trying to get at, um, cla- like, 
how much would a slave be participating in a in yeah. this church versus like yeah a premium um, yeah so that's one of the aspects of the 18th century Church of England in the U.S. that is really um, it's misconceived. Well, it's absolutely like it's kind of a paradox. There's this paradoxical. Um, so something I wrote about in my paper on agency was discussing how in in the appeal to the Brit to the in, in the appeal to the Bishop of London written by this um, slave in Virginia or uh, slaves I believe um, uh, there's this appeal to let me see if I can find it actually. Um, I, mean, are you basically I phrase this as an appeal of faith, but I'm going off of. Well, uh, so I'm going to talk about how I want. I would. I want to point out how he mentions the the separation that, um, like, slaves aren't always able to go to church because they might not even know that it's Sunday. Just also, like the lack of education, literacy, yep, mm-hmm. literacy, lack of education. Um, but there's. Um, I mean, if we were going to go off the agency thing, we could actually say that they obviously did have the intent and want. Yeah. So here's the here's a quote that uh, I that I found really interesting. Um, where does it even begin? His sentences are so crazy. The, this uh, is directly from. This is the letter from the slave to the bishop. Um, we are hard used up on every account. In the first place, we are in ignorance of our salvation, and in the next place, we are kept out of the church and matrimony is denied us. And to, pl- um, and to be plain, they do look no more upon us than if we were dogs, which I hope when these strange lines come to your lordship's hands, we will be looked into, and we here beg for Jesus Christ's sake, that as your honor do hope for the mercy of God, that blah, blah, blah. Um, that your lordship's hand will honor, your honor will take some pity on us who are humble but sorrowful parishioners. So, uh, I'm in this, all of their rhetorical skills. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. The their ability to communicate. Um, you, we have this idea that slaves were like illiterate and yeah. dumb, and I mean, I think that, uh, but we see evidence here of some clearly uh, brilliant. Yeah. Thinking, stuff, yeah. clear thinking, um, an ability to they communicate. Polar punches. And- yeah, exactly. Well, and here, so in this quote, the the slave is saying, "We're." Yeah, it's right. Um, it's right here at the beginning of the second page. Okay. Um, the slave is saying, "We're we go to worship, but we're kept out, or we're kept separated. Mm-hmm. Um, we aren't able to participate." Uh, in a in a kind of in a Christian lingo, um, we would say they weren't being they weren't able to participate fully in the body. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't totally engaged. They weren't either. I mean, this slave the slave is saying that matrimony was denied to them. So the sacrament of marriage, um, and uh, they're they can't read. So they're probably not reading any of the scriptures themselves. Mm-hmm. That religion, um, by the way, I was wondering. Like, are there, like, sacraments like uh, mm-hmm. there is in the Catholic Church? Were they yeah. allowed to take sacrament? Yeah, they definitely would have been allowed to take, like, the, the Eucharist um, yeah. if they were. But uh, I'm assuming, and I, I would need more, I would need more um, sources to be sure about this, but I'm, I bet you that they would be, a slave would have to take 
the Eucharist uh, apart from the whites. There would be black oh, of and white. I think they actually had separation. Exactly. There would be. Uh, I, yeah. Exactly. There would be, while they were allowed to receive communion, they wouldn't receive it together. Mm-hmm. And that's right there the paradox of um, this, like, there's this really bizarre tension. The, the Anglican, um, an Anglican theology would, would it, it naturally teaches that there is no difference in between the people coming. And you would use scripture quotes such as, um, St. Paul writes that there is no longer Jew nor Gentile. There is no longer slave nor free, man nor woman. Right. And he uses this, um, he says this in the context of, like, anyone is welcome and has to be welcome. And, and there, the church is this place of, um, of welcome and inviting and, and receiving as a community, regardless of, um, regardless of what society would what? look at you and uh, ascribe to you. Um, you're welcome. And... Uh, in this in this act of separating um, slaves from free and particularly black slaves from the white upper class, you know, uh, slaveholders, there's this just like it, it's unnatural. It's an unnatural uh, forcing of the the Christian liturgy. Mm-hmm. The liturgy is not supposed to function this way, um, and and so like class, the ways that this would affect. Think again, the Anglican faith is an aesthetic faith, so it's one that everything visually and um, sensually, um, sensationally, it all matters, it all says something about God. And so when you're forced as a black person to to wait to receive the Eucharist until after right. all of the whites receive, there's like some clear theological statements being made just by mm-hmm. the action. Um, Did they actually have services together? Um, I th- that's another thing that I don't have enough sources. I, yeah, it's something that I want to do more research on because I, I think that there were parishes that would that would have both. Mm-hmm. Um, they would have either two services or there would be some parishes that have a combined service but still a separation of slaves from. If there were any that, um, if there were any parishes that were receiving side by side, if the the slaves and the frees were intermingled that that would be i mean uh, i i think that would have i would love to find some because that right there i think would have been the subversive like abolition movement as it i mean that's the that would have been the christian faith as it ought to have been there at that time um and if we're going to go into uh Christian faith and everything. What about Quakers and the way they treat the slaves? Oh my gosh! Because it that... touched upon it a little bit in the Brown reading. You, can you find that for me? Yeah, I would love let me see because I, I have the I have the Brown reading right here too. Um, you know what? I actually have it more about the feminizing, uh, feminizing sure. descent. But that's and, totally the yeah. totally interrelated. The ways that Quakers, because Quakers were abolitionists, exactly. and and I mean we, it would be wrong to call them feminists. It'd be wrong to call them abolitionists. It'd be wrong to like use some but of these terms. Did. They but they kind of gave they, them more like a level playing field. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. For the time, it's a very like proto. Yeah. To the yeah. For the ethics. Yeah, uh, and sort of a, a quote unquote egalitarian society that didn't exist anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Quakers didn't have slaves. They... As a theology, I think it would be good for you to touch base the difference between the Quakers. I feel like sure. you're the expert here. Sure. Um, Quaker, to be honest, I don't know a ton about the Quaker faith um, in depth, but 
essentially Quakers were a Quakers were a Protestant strand of the Christian faith that um, they were radical at the time. They, uh, I mean, even now could still be considered in some ways very radical. They um, they believed that they they didn't. They believed in the priesthood of all believers, which is kind of a common, um, that's a common belief in the Protestant faiths, but it, they took it to sort of this extreme where every person can hear the voice of God and can preach and teach right there. Sounds like you have a thing. Yeah, you had it. A- you actually just answered it because I was looking for uh, expansion on the uh, everyone has the potential yeah. for priesthood. Yeah, yeah. They, they would take it to, they actually took it. Um, and abolished the priesthood, essentially. Um, a Quaker meeting would have been a bunch of people sitting in a circle, um, and they would all pray um, until one of them heard something or decided that the Spirit Sounds was leading leaderless. them. Yeah, it was, um, it, was, it was very leaderless. Um, all ethnicities, all yeah, genders. Yep, gender, ethnicity, um, slave, free, landholder, whatever. It, yeah. it didn't matter. You were welcome in the circle, and you were welcome to share your voice. Um, so because you were, your voice was... egalitarian. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, anyone could... They understood the divinity of humanity. They understood that, that every human can be used by God to speak, to teach. Um, and they also believed very much in, like, the... Uh, they are a tri a, tri, uh, a trinitarian faith so they believe that god is one being with three persons the father the son and the spirit and they sort of had an emphasis on the spirit similar in a lot of ways to the pentecostal Pente- um the pentecostal churches today that um would say that the spirit of god speaks through people um providing revelation um so the quaker faith yeah would have been an, a, a radically egalitarian so this could be a very stupid question. There were Quakers in Jamestown. Yes. Yeah, there were Quakers in Virginia. It, but it wasn't a big percentage of people, correct? I think it was only in the thousands, wasn't it? Uh, I don't have like, numbers. Yeah, I think. I'm sure but I think the Brown they were somewhere. further in the in Pennsylvania. Um, mm-hmm. Pennsylvania. They was took a over Quaker. a lot of part of the area. Yeah, Pennsylvania okay. became a Quaker state. As they were, as they weren't necessarily think, pushed yeah. out, but they, but they. There were took, strong. Yeah, they they went into the frontier to establish more of like a foothold so they could right. practice without interruption. Right, because that, that kind of, my next comment was kind of touches on that. Did being a Quaker at that time affect your chance of moving up in the in a hierarchy? Oh. If in, in terms of power oh, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. In terms of power allotted, I don't know. They were separate though. They like, were, well, that was part of it too. As, as, as then where it goes into like the civil hierarchy is if you are not practicing like not religion yeah. but like if but you're, you're not, not practicing, practicing civil like religion. to an extent like if you're not regularly trading goods mm-hmm. with those around you how would you grow or like have higher status mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so quakers would not have been they i mean they rarely would have been upper upper class right. people mm-hmm. because if well, they what were, i they wanted to pivot off of and i want to like lead into your subject yeah. was um if quakers for everybody on a level playing field i'd like to actually learn more about religion and how it was utilized for the well, class system yeah. there was something that you said before that i think was just kind of off of my own understanding of with utility um was specifically when it came to the variation of when it came to service, like when there's a service for slaves and then there's a service for one, sure. or regardless of. But then you're talking about talking about uh, what 
was it Paul during like the Jesus age yeah. or whatever yeah. Yeah. Um, that kind of comes on that then expands like well, the reason why so many of like the slave owners would be within the first parish they would want to mingle with yeah. so they would adapt their understanding or, yeah. be, or try to quote and take from another part of the Bible as, as and they're Absolutely. going from like such an yeah. abstract of like darkness that this in is there, still common today mm-hmm. I mean Oh, it's still wherever. Um, you know, you can never... We, we can't necessarily say that they did it with, like, strong, malicious intent. Yeah. yeah. While, while there's, like, an inherent maliciousness to the action. Absolutely. Uh, what then comes then with it is... What I think something needs to really come on is, like, I think as we take time with agency, the human brain can't necessarily process all the information... Um, that comes from all from all factors. So you'll find the people in the higher point searching the Bible for verses that help co- confirm like their to position prop yeah. to prop yeah. themselves. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry that I went very roundabout no. with that. No, definitely. Um, but with that, it really kind of came down to understanding as nobody would be specific, like the majority of people wouldn't specifically be looking to challenge their own worldview mm-hmm. as so much is left unanswered yeah. why I mean, would you why would you cause why would you cause that trouble yeah. yeah and that's why i really find with the release us to be such an important document yeah. as it's just to us it was it reads so easy and so clear it's yeah. like yeah this makes sense but like yeah well this the... this this is great reference but what was the real impact during the time you know as it just went to the bishop well, that's mm-hmm. something I'll say is that ties into Peter's and your point about civic, um, civic versus spiritual authority. A bishop mm-hmm. in London would have had unbelievable civic power. Mm-hmm. He would have been in contact with the, the, the monarch frequently. Um, and, and keep in mind that England, even to today, doesn't have a separation of church and state. Their state church, the Church of England, is their state church. It's, it's right. paid for by the government. It's part, they are part of the... To be a priest is to be a government official, yeah. and you hold a parish, which is a land... Where in the U.S. a parish is just a single building mm-hmm. with a congregation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There, it's literally like a state, and you have spiritual authority over a state, basically, a whole area. Right. So an appeal to the Bishop of London is not just... It, it's a huge deal. It's mm-hmm. a huge civic deal. Um, so I, I, it's interesting that a, a, a spiritual figure also has a lot of pull and mm-hmm. a lot of uh, pull, yeah has a lot of political influence. Yeah, it's interesting, but I also feel like it is a bit straightforward how it comes from. It's like the religious belief structures mm-hmm. is what will sort people into a system. Oh yeah. And, like, not necessarily even, like, yeah. in a bad way. It's, like, yeah. just how it is. But it, nothing was really... Nothing destroyed it. Even today, yeah. nothing necessarily destroyed it. People just kind of drifted into their own thing. Uh, but, yeah, I, I always kind of, like, view... I didn't necessarily see a, a versus when it comes to religious to civil authority. I thought if it was a Venn diagram, it's just, like, a perfect circle at this oh, point. Spiritual. Where it's, like, so, the, only, yeah. the only very mild separation where uh-huh. it's, like, just kind of like an old-fashioned 3D image. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Where it's just the sheer distance between the colonies in England where there's at least the four-month span. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And so there's always going to be 
that missing link. Like, there's, like... Yeah. Well, and this letter was written in... 1723, I mean, clearly nothing ha actually came right. of it, you know. Because then, then we can bring up, uh, well, theorizing, like, the monarchy being, the monarchy and, like, the Church of England being so connected to commerce, mm -hmm. you'd be crippling these growing colonies Absolutely. that's making you money. Yeah. Especially since, I think this is tying, like, right around, like, we're starting to, like, hit, like, the first peak of the tobacco era. Not, not the first peak, but, like, the slaves were, like, such a large part of crop growth. Yeah, I really want to, I want to know more about dates and how much, like, I want to know more about the economic yeah. system. Mm -hmm. I really don't know when, like, tobacco and, like, cotton, like, when did these things become what they were? Right. And what was that? Was how much revenue? Was industry in that area? I don't know, like, what... I feel like cotton, tobacco. Yeah, tobacco has always been the major. Cotton really came together in, like, a further point, like... Just the touch like, before yeah. the Industrial Southern, Revolution, yeah. as cotton really then became a major component to the Industrial Revolution, yeah. as textiles was like. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd love to know more, too, about trade, North versus South. Like, um, somebody was just saying to me yesterday that, that the North was always richer than the South and always had fewer slaves and was making kind of these comments about. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to explore more. I have no idea. Anyway. It's still even now. I, I think it's just uh, in terms of old money. Mm -hmm. I, I guess we could phrase it that way. I could phrase it that way. Um, as uh, most would have to go through New York or up that way, it all has to travel up that way to then get to England. So then as then taxes are taken and then the share of the people from there because no no crew coming from Georgia is going to go is going to be able to make the trek straight to England when it's so much safer to go from New York, which then you're also catching uh, trade winds from that direction. So it'd be a lot easier. So it's still kind of like, it's the central point. Sorry, I'm making a reference to your sleeve sliding. It's just oh. sound. And tapping. We've been tapping in it. Oh. I've been doing it too. We've been tapping quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so I, it's interesting though. I've I've never really thought about how geographically mm -hmm. that can affect economy, mm -hmm. uh, trading. Every, yeah, because the things. South could never, even during the Civil War, the South could never um, like block trade from the North. But yeah. the North could block trade from the South. All the time. It, was like, right. it was so simple for them. And and you made a, a comment that stuck with me. Kind of, you were like, um, they so they kind of cut off the top, if you will. So mm -hmm. since everything has to go through them anyway, they can control what they take. Yeah. Because if they don't, they can just say, you know, we don't want to do business with you, and then you guys are screwed. So those people down there, they do have to go up through them. Mm -hmm. So they're like, okay, we have to go through them anyway. We might as well pay what they want, whatever. So I think the North kind of skimmed off the top in that sense, and that's kind of how they grew that old money mm -hmm. initially. So I, I think that's really interesting. And I don't know if it's corrupt or if they just capitalized on... I say that's just capitalism. Right. Yeah, it's on, capitalism. On, yeah. on what their vantage, advantage was, you know, geographically. Yeah, we think like it's like a large plan when really it's kind of like there were just shipping companies in New York that needed to turn a profit. Right. And it had to happen in some way or another. 
So Georgia was incredibly agriculture while with these shipping companies coming about, they didn't necessarily have to put so much labor into agriculture. So they were able to then diversify before the South was. So they were able to then get the leg up as you're then going to want the person with experience. I feel like that's a little off topic. To yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. That's okay. It relates. Yeah, but I think that I mean, going we to I think things are getting a good understanding of history in general. You, I mean, obviously you have to go back to the roots and why things are the way they mm-hmm. are, not just why they are now and kind of assuming. You know, you really have to go and be being okay. Why did why is the North have mm-hmm. money? You know, maybe that's why. Because we really don't know. You know, maybe maybe we're maybe there's a whole yeah. mis. We're totally uh, perception. <laughs> we are we're 100% speculating. And that's kind of what you, and that's really what, what do, historians though. do from right, the base. Right. Yeah. Um, a good way to tie this back into is just how it comes down back to my original point of utility and yeah. how with with at its core it is a bit malicious, but there was no <clears throat> n- initial malicious intent. Yeah. It's the same there with like yeah. taking some off the top where it's like it's just taxes or just like payment for the shipment and the processing that's then the same when it comes to like just keeping them separate sure sure i'm curious to hear some about feminism um i mean i guess i was going more off of the way that the church actually controlled the female body sure you know because the bishops and everything i don't think it's bishops what would be the lower down a priest the priest priest, they actually had a lot of uh how you read it yeah. Uh, good God, where is it? Yeah, they had the immoral authority to actually uh, decide if women were doing ungodly things and they could oh, hand yeah. down the punishments. And mm-hmm. I like the way that the women were still able to rebel against that. And I thought we could talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I can't necessarily. I have a strong background. Yeah. I have a strong... I, I can't necessarily say that I have a strong background. Okay, got it. Okay. Um, well, you kind of... Well, you yeah. said, said that they have an immoral authority? A moral authority. A, a moral authority. Okay, yeah. a moral authority. Which would definitely be like a top-down yeah, situation. A, and then it could play more into the classism as well as to where women were in that society. Mm-hmm. Right. And so kind of... And I think that kind of ties in the... There's a political aspect to that, definitely, because... The people that, and I don't know if this is the rationale I was going with my topic. That'd be nice, though, if it t- definitely tied in. Um, Sorry, I'm not trying to say No, you're good, you're good. Um, so I didn't, I didn't know if that, those tied in together or not. Um, but, well, I just lost track so bad. Sorry. <laughs> I'm no, sorry I totally <laughs> caused that. Feminism, so feminism and politics and yeah. the church. Yeah. Authority, um, moral authority. So w- w- my direction I was trying to go in... Um, just the difference between I said civic authority and uh, sorry spiritual spiritual authority. Yeah. If one interfered with another, I, and mostly religious authority would interfere with civic, I think, and, and moral authority. Where did they prioritize? Where did they say, okay, this is a moral doing versus this is a religious doing? And because people were in power at that time, I think they can disguise that very well, saying this is a moral decision, or this is a religious decision, but really it was what they wanted to do because oh, they yeah. had that power. Mm-hmm. So I think being able to, you know, having the power, being able to disguise whatever you wanted at that time, really tied into that hierarchy and, and men, women, things of that nature, Quakers even, mm-hmm. you know, just 
being able to really Especially do whatever they Quakers want. Especially Quakers were kind of a refuge. Right. Mm-hmm. So I just thought, I mean, it, it, I kind of see, I, w- I see what you're saying, and I like what you're saying, you know, why were women perceived like that? Mm-hmm. And, you know, historically, it's kind of, it, it has always been like that. Um, but why in a certain space that it, that happened? So I just, I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I think there's uh, um, some in, I think there's some, man, like, uh, medieval theology built this, like, concept of original sin and these, and, and this theory that sin was uh, passed on. Inherent. Rome and it, was it Eve, right? Yeah, it's, it, yeah, women Eve. represent that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There was this. They, Did they still have that notion? Would you say during absolutely. the same? Oh, definitely, era? absolutely, yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely. I wasn't sure if they like graduated past no. that yet. <laughs> no, no, most of the church still hasn't graduated from that. Actually, That's concerning. for the it's... for the potential second episode, we could definitely get into quite a bit how slut shaming still can oh, have some God. foundation yeah. in original definitely. sin. Oh my God, yeah, definitely. absolutely. Um, there were still. I mean. The, the Church of England and the Anglican Communion is um, one of the few non uh, one of the few Western traditions that has women um, ordinations now within the clergy. Yeah, there are. Uh, in fact, my parish, I work I work for two parishes, and one of them has a lesbian priest who's married to her, her wife, and uh, another who's another parish that I work for is um, led by. It's co-led by a man and a woman, mm-hmm. um, and they're both priests. And um, are they also married? They are not married, um, though they are. The woman is married to another priest, but um, ah. he is actually a priest in another state right now. Um, uh, that was a bailing, at, balancing act. Yeah. <laughs> at the time, um, the there those notions of original sin and those notions of the of sin being. But potentially, like a biological um, thing, spread from uh, from person to person through birth. I mean, while it originated with um, women, it in, it was actually considered at the time to still uh, be passed on by the male, um, and that's why Mary became this perpetual virgin, not just a virgin for until Jesus was born. Apparently, right. she didn't have sex after yeah. <laughs> she had Jesus, but that. Uh, um, that's their belief is keeping purity. I mean, mm-hmm. it's this control of purity and this control of the female body, saying like you, you know. Um, mm-hmm. When was I mean, Elizabeth the Great uh, monarch? I, I just want to relate that because she obviously was the head of the church. I want to yeah. know if that related oh, to anything. I'm, I'm looking it up. Oh, uh, the Church of Yeah. Okay, that's a great question. I don't remember off the top. Because I want to know, like, if that filtered down at all, and if obviously it did, obviously it, it didn't work in that sense. Yeah, it definitely led to some changes, but by now the, the things that she put in place by now the the, th- the changes that Elizabeth put in place have, um, I, I would argue that the only reason that the, the the church has female priests is because of Queen Elizabeth. I mean, mm-hmm. she was uh, an, an well, she didn't make any. I mean, I think most Anglican historians mm-hmm. would probably look like hear me say that and be like, "Oh, oh she was, come on!" Like, mm-hmm. she didn't do anything. I mean, so she, she was a trendsetter. She was an influencer. So that would have been just a little bit before Jamestown. Yeah, yeah. She she was the one who finally sort of set um, the Anglican tradition on the trajectory that it's gone. Mm-hmm. That um, now ordains women to the to not only the diaconate but the priesthood. Um, 
uh, deacons, sorry, uh, um, deacons and priests. I'd like to speculate, though. I want to discuss if such a powerful woman was involved in the church at some point, why did that not actually follow to Jamestown? Um, it, was not, it was not as widely accepted, right? That's yeah. why they accepted. Uh, the original crew was all men, so it established a very early very patriarchal culture. Yeah, mm-hmm. you have to understand that bishops were still all men. There was no, there was not even a, 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 so even though she even was, even though she was the head yeah. of the church. Yeah, even though she was the head, like when it comes to priesthood, you still got to climb the ranks. It was, yeah, it was this. Uh, it was kind of a bizarre scenario suddenly where there was a queen. Um, there was a woman as the head of the church, but it was such a, I mean, at the time it was such a controversial topic, whether or she not. She was a, the first female head of the church, correct? I, you know what, I, Cause Queen Mary father. would have been, Bloody Mary would have actually in some ways been the head of the church, but yeah. she was Catholic and she, she gave that title up to the Pope again, um, though she would have come into the the monarchy that would have been her title as she became the queen she instantly retracted it i'm sure i don't know the specific details of that mm-hmm. but um i mean yeah argu- arguably she's the first like modern um i there i mean biblically if you uh, biblical historians would say like oh, absolutely there were women mm-hmm. there were women leaders in in i mean i'm saying specifically but yeah England, yeah, yeah. Right. at a religion why that why that didn't change more at the time uh I couldn't say it, and I because yeah, they say God save the queen. Obviously, that's more of a modern term, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And maybe there are things that I just don't know about. There could have been. I don't. I'm not super familiar with the society at the time, really. I mean, I don't know what it was actually like as a woman before Queen Elizabeth and after. Uh, I, I couldn't speak to that. I mean, obviously, we were talking a little bit about how a lot of them were supposedly fleeing a, a religious persecution. Do you mm-hmm. feel like maybe they're fleeing some of that change or? progressive change or yeah they're actually they would have still been fleeing some of them would have seen the church of england as um as still as corrupt as the catholic church Mm -hmm. some of them would have looked at the patri or the i mean what we look at and say the patriarchy but they would have looked at the hierarchy of the church and said this is inherently um a problem and Mm -hmm. that those protestant movements would have even fled the the church of england And, and i mean that's so there was definitely still some you can't get away from even in the even though I would say the Anglican tradition now has um brought the church to a place of finally um like celebrating the humanity of women mm-hmm. at the time it still was very catholic it still definitely. was not doing So do you feel like progressive tra- change was happening in England at all due to Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, because I was wondering, Absolutely, as he just but said, not like, women like we were like call. basically like sold, not yeah. quite literally, but yeah, shipped over for the men. Yeah, yeah, I would say yes, there was progressive change happening, but not as we talk mm-hmm. about progress today. Mm-hmm. I mean, we would, I would, it would, like I said earlier, I, it would be outrageous to try to say that there, that Queen Elizabeth was a feminist or oh, definitely to not. say something like that. And so well, women's my rights more or something. So would be mm-hmm. that if the men were fleeing that kind of system, mm-hmm. they'd be more inclined to like reinforce that patriarchy to the women who are then shipped to them, yeah. especially in a religious aspect. Yeah. So, that, I think that absolutely was happening. Okay. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I think there was... Right. Yeah. Religion is an incredibly broad topic. 
and oh, yeah. to frame it to a whole era of America. Well, clearly we haven't even contained it within. We, <laughs> yeah. Well, I would, I would argue that you really can't. Yeah. Uh, the best you can do with a topic is you can tie it in where you really can. Right. right. Like we got onto the subject of Queen Elizabeth due yeah. to just like the Church of England having so much control, especially when it came to all matters of discourse when it came to the colonies. So you need to establish something for England. And then from there, it just dominoes. What we can do is just use use the knowledge that we have personally and spread it as we can. Because no no matter where you're talking about religion from, it's not... Like we said, it's not going to be contained in one space. Mm-hmm. There's there's origins, there's history, there's reasons why it inherently religion... can't. Right, mm-hmm. right. There's re- there's a reason religion was the way it was in Jamestown, and that's because of these origins. And in sure. order to reach the understanding of Jamestown itself, you do have to go back and understand history. Mm-hmm. Kind of so intertwined. Yeah. And I feel like if we are going to wrap it up soon, maybe we should figure out. Oh, what it, has does... be, it has to be like right now. We yeah, have, I was we have say, we have fifty minutes of content. What. D- does stuff. religion say about the society or how did the society affect the religion maybe we should yeah. wrap it up into one concise yeah. thing I would say it was intertwined I mean it goes back to what else like with the Venn diagram with it that overlapped it, it it's no longer gray it's both which I guess is gray yeah, I, it's <laughs> gray um there's not really much more to say, or at least in my eyes, when it came to like the utility where it was, it was just fact. Like when you had such a large organization like the Church of England that had control over morality, that wasn't necessarily questioned. It was like at no point, like when people want to just break off, they broke broke off into like Protestants or Quakers, but the core like story of Jesus. Like, the Old Testament, it's still there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody was questioning their yeah. foundation of Yeah, the I mean, world. the liturgy at the time started, every service started with what's called the Decalogue, which is the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. And people would have to sit there, the priest would say the First Commandment, and everyone would say, uh, God have mercy on me, for, like, confessing their sin. Oh, yeah, that's the thing, thing that Catholics like, do, too. Yeah, and it, mm-hmm. it would be the first part of every liturgy was this Old Testament, like, Sin, the law, reinforcement mm-hmm. of authority. And that's partially, like, that's utility, too, where it's just, oh, like, yeah. how to keep a solid society running. Yeah. Like, with whatever, I mean, go back to just the Hammurabi Code, like, way before England. Like, there's just large obsidian pillars that yeah. told you just, like, hey, don't Yeah. That's, that's what it came down <laughs> yeah. to. Yeah, I was going to say that, that the whole different discussion is what societies didn't have religion, and then we could see what direction they go in, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's a whole. But there, I don't. I don't think, I don't think there. Any there has never been without a. Arguably, religion and civ, like, I, civic. What's the? <laughs> uh, I, I like the government. The yeah, sorry. Right. Like, like government structure or like s- social structure and religion have always been so inter. I mean. They're so intertwined in history often that you can't necessarily pull one apart from the other. Mm-hmm. And I think that's some of what we're even seeing here is you can't right. pull you can't pull apart religion and and social structure or social order or 
the Absolutely. rules of society and look at them as if they were two different things because yeah. even in even in societies that didn't have maybe a quote unquote religious institution yeah. uh, their civic authority mm-hmm. was essentially religious was their religion? In, right. in like practical nature that liturgical ritualistic function of western morality is still very much like religious yes like Christian yeah. morality. Okay, like, yeah, yeah. maybe I wasn't thinking necessarily Western. I was thinking not those. I don't think it's even just Western. I think it's uh, yeah. Uh, so, like, so what we've kind of learned. Actually, I get to tie in Chamberlain's class where oh, when we're talking exciting. about like yeah, when we're talking about like the pre-era or like prehistory. Oh, okay. What we still know from whatever part is that religion is always established because humans are always questioning, hmm. and it comes down to just the concept like of just the creation myth and like it then just all comes from there because you people need to have just at least some idea of like what am i here for Uh or like what am i even here about yeah and then from there you know the person that then like kind of has that quick idea is like oh i like this guy i enjoy what i just heard i'll come to him on a personal level for guidings or failings or whatever and, and then, so it becomes an institution. And then it becomes an institution from there. I mean, and, and, that's, and that's without, and, and that's like at the core of like no malice when it comes yeah. to religion. Because yeah. there is no malice when it comes to religion. Yeah. It comes to just like understanding and then just having some kind of security with your own thoughts. Where you can be able to relate something in order of your own life as whatever feel so bad immediately thinking about astrology right now to go <laughs> yes uh, yeah no I, I think it's gonna wait closing thought i don't i don't want to leave with a thought on that last one maybe i was thinking you know society as a whole has definitely always had religion but there have been areas i think that definitely kind of uh isolate themselves and strayed away from that uh-huh. since the beginning of time i think i was trying to say sure but society as a whole definitely has always had that structure sure. i think that's what i was kind of yeah, I don't sure. The dissenting groups. Right, right. Always, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always. But I think it was a good discussion. Closing statement? Anything? Anyone? 